Welcome, welcome to another Harry Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, you're always listening, we're always talking, we're Potter casting, hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we talk about the Harry Potter stuff, yeah, we talk about the Harry Potter stuff, we talk about the Harry Potter. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, you're always listening. Hey Potter people, hey Potter people, we're always talking, we're Pottercasting. What? Today's podcast was brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders and your friendly Pottercast hosts were there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that bewitched the world. Listen in and watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders Book Club discussion at bordersmedia.com slash Harry Potter or click the Borders banner at the top of the Pottercast page. Hi, guys. Thank you for coming out. On I mean, even if I lived here, I would be sitting right in front of an air conditioner today. <sighs> oh, my. Okay, before we do anything, John, what? 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 I got my little armadillo friend here. It's not scabbers, is it, though? No, it's, it's the um, Arizona equivalent of the scabbers. His name is Fred. And he's going to be hanging out tonight, today, during the show. Oh, God. God giving his opinions every so often, as it were. Well, welcome. We are having a great time. We're This is the second border stop on our tour. It's our third show mm-hmm. of our summer tour. It's our first ever summer tour. It might be the first ever podcast tour. Mm-hmm. We're not quite sure. But we've been going around the country, or will be going around the country, talking all about the big stuff coming in Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. How many days? Who, who knows? 29. 29. And Less a than half. a month and a half. No. And th- nine and three quarters. Nine and three quarters. I don't know. 29 and three quarters. Exactly. Well, in every city that we go in, we have been trying to figure out which city knows the most about Harry Potter. And the way we do this is we have a five-question predictions exam. And we're going to take all, record all your predictions. And on July 22nd, one city's going to look really stupid. One's going to look brilliant. Brilliant. And one city is going to look pretty dumb. And we will laugh and point. No. Um, And those those guys at at, uh, at Tucson were talking uh, pretty bad trash about you guys up here. So you guys have... Totally. You guys have some proving to do here. So our first... Okay, first of all, who thinks that Phoenix will win this competition? Oh, God, guys. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, if we must. I think we could do it. Sure, why not? You know? As good a chance as anybody. Why you can not? do it. What do you think, Fred? That's a pretty good chance of that, I'd say. So, okay, well, Fred believes in you guys, so what do you think? Our first question is the biggest question of the series. Will Harry walk out of this book alive? If you think he will, Clap. And if you think uh, he uh, will kick the bucket... Then leave. ...in number seven. No. No. (laughs) Make some noise for Harry kicking the bucket. All right, okay. Boo! Sue, I would like to point out that he's wearing a Hufflepuff shirt and has a Hufflepuff banner. I love those kind of Hufflepuffs. And thinks Harry will die. It's a sad day for Sue. It's a sad, sad day for Sue. Yes, I'm holding out for a bunch of Death Eater Hufflepuffs. I'm not wearing glasses. 
I cannot wait to read about the Death Theater Hufflepuffs in Deathly Hallows. There's going to be so many of them. It's going to be like the surprise force that'll come out of nowhere <laughs> with all of their enslaved house elves. Oh, no, stop. Them. Please, please. It's too early in the show to start with the enslaved house elves. This is every day. You think that. You leave Fred out of this. See? Get okay. him, Fred. Get him. You think this is just during the show. This is all day in the car. This is at night. Before we go to bed, they scream at each other, she enslaved the Hufflepuffs. No, she didn't! You know? So. Okay, what's our second question? Our second big question is about Mr. Snape. Mr. Snape, look around the store. Lots of people saying he's a foe. Lots of saying people thinking, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. They're saying he's a bad guy. But uh, everybody is, can make some noise props. We have props. if yeah, their sticker props. of choice would be to trust Snape. Yes. And make some noise if you believe that Snape will betray and is a very bad man. Okay. Very smart border store we have here. Seriously. Pretty darn good. You guys good. got Tucson owned already. <laughs> Not really. I think they had the same ideas. But those are our two easy ones. Come on. Okay. Well, what's the hard one, Sue? Okay. Well, this is, a, this is actually a pretty interesting one. Is Harry a horcrux? If you oh, think my. that he is. Cheer. Make some noise. Oh, no noise for Sue. <laughs> Silent crickets. Oh. I like it. I like it. Was she speaking Hufflepuff there? What is the Hufflepuff language, Sue? Nothing. Wait, I missed that joke completely. No. That was a lame joke, John. Uh, was that lame? <laughs> no, she's mad. <laughs> right, okay, okay. If, if you do not think that Harry is a horcrux, make some noise. It's a brilliant barter store we have here. Yeah. It's a brilliant barter store. I don't think Harry's a horcrux. I don't no. Harry's not That'd be horcrux. ridiculous. It's a silly. Anyway, anyway, I like you guys. The heat certainly has done you well. Yeah. So, number four. Mm hmm. Is one that I will remember in a moment. Hmm? No, that's five. Get it right, Sue. No. Um, okay. Who who here thinks if you think that Harry will attend school at Hogwarts, make noise? Will Harry return to Hogwarts for his final year of school? Or will Harry not attend school in this book? Harry will be a dropout. Yay! Magic oh. school dropout. School. You have the girls in curlers coming down with wands yeah. in their hair. Oh. You know. Is Snape gonna sing the song? Snape. Oh my God! <laughs> Silver Lame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if Alan Rickman does it. Yeah. Um, That'd be great. He'd be awesome at it too. <laughs> he, yeah. What's number five? Number five. <laughs> Sorry guys, the heat, Sad man. It's one like... of the more important questions. Sad one. Will Neville Longbottom no, and Grubbly no. Plank no. find love? And Taking your armadillo. You give Fred back to me. Mm. Um, our fifth question is whether you think that we will see the other side of the veil. Will we go behind the veil? So if, yeah. if you think so, make noise. Behind the veil. Hmm. And if you don't? It's pretty split there. Yeah, well, no, you think that they're going to go. I think that, that, that's a we will. You really think we're going to go behind the veil? Is that what's on the cover of the book? No. Oh, we'll talk about that later. It's an old Quidditch stadium in the front of the book. One of the oldest, the original one. What was that called? Uh, uh, the Marsh, what was it? The Coliseum or the Greek? No, the original Quidditch pitch. Queerditch, Queerditch Marsh. Queerditch, Queerditch Marsh. Marsh. Yeah, that's right. That's what that Wow. Is. 
That's what I didn't that know is. I knew that. So yeah. you think Voldemort, what does he play? What does Voldemort play? Voldemort's a beater, obviously. He? <laughs> he likes to inflict pain. Naturally, come on. All right, well. It's hard to recover. All right, that was our five questions game. That's five questions. I don't know, guys. You guys might have been. We'll mark no. your answers down. Did you have the same question? I'm trying to think if you had the same answers as Tucson. I think I think almost everyone has you know? had the same answers so far. No, everybody's had at least one different. Really? At least one's been different in every city. Well, you didn't let them answer talk. the grubby plank question. But the one... <laughs> Gee, I'm sorry. I think they, were, they had the most that Harry was not going to be a horcrux. I mean, there was like yeah. no one said anything yeah. here. Yeah, they were very definitive here. Oh, I'm sorry. Just no? No one, they, no one said anything about the, the horcrux thing here. So nobody nobody here thinks... That was really quiet. It really yeah. was. You guys are like the quietest there, city so far. For that question, certainly, because no, I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks Harry's a horcrux. <laughs> All right, well, and it, also in every city we go to, we're going to be doing our canon conundrums. Who here knows what a canon conundrum is? Yeah, rock. Okay, canon conundrums are what we've been doing for the past year almost on Pottercast, where we take one of the remaining problems, one of the remaining questions, something that's still a mystery, and we're, we're set to find out in book seven, or we want to find out in book seven, and try and figure it out. And we had this beautiful little plan to get all your, your recommendations in and, and pick one out, and um, we didn't do that today. Oh, sure so, we did. Sure we did. Who has an idea about what you would like What's a conundrum that you really want discussed right now? Hmm. Is the dragon the animagus form of Aberforth? See, we keep hearing that the dragon was the animagus of Draco. And we're just thinking, like, yeah, of course, the trio's riding Draco into the sunset. Mm. (laughs) You know? Sounds like a fanfic. I don't know, because Aberforth, we have the association with the goats which is a goat association, also exists with this particular form of dragon as it eats the sheep and the goats. So if Aberforth is running around in dragon form and eating goats, that would, might explain his stench a little bit. <laughs> but do we know if anyone can even have that magical of an, an animagus? I, do we know All the animaguses so far have been regular creatures. Yeah, I a think stag, you know, a beetle. About that once. No, I don't think she did. That's about like how like you can't be a, a no, phoenix she never or said something. That. No, she never said that. Mm, I could have sworn. Ever, ever. But we've discussed <laughs> it before. Might have been our IM chats. Yeah. No, we love her forty-two. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. But but all the animaguses we've seen, animagi, animagi, animagus. Mm-hmm. They're hard to anyway. All of them have been regular animals, so it does seem that you're not going to morph into a dragon. That'd be cool. Though the dragon has a beard. Which is interesting. He is a bearded dragon, which um, would make him look a little bit like one of the Chinese fireballs. Oh. Perhaps we have a little hybrid dragon action going on We actually, somebody brought this theory to us in Chicago. Yep. They said that if you look in the Fantastic Beasts on the Antipodian opal eye description, and why we say, no, I'm sorry, Antipodean, I will get this right, Antipodean opal eye. The dragon on that cover, and we're, by the way, if you don't know, we're talking about the released artwork for the deluxe edition of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. has the trio riding a big dragon off into the sunset, which is so badass. Um, <laughs> the dragon has no pupils, and the only dragon to not have a pupil is the Antipodean Opali. So everybody thinks it's an Antipodean Opali. When at first we saw a dragon and we said, Norbert! And it's probably not. But the dragon also doesn't have the pearly iridescent scales that that dragon usually has. It has a beard, has a bit, a bit of a look of a Chinese fireball. And if you look 
in that that entry in Fantastic Beasts at the bottom it says, well, in very rare instances, hybrid dragons can occur with, you know, very, very rare. And then the next entry in Fantastic Beasts is the Chinese fireball. So yeah. it could very well be one of these rare, huge, mm. magical... And who do we know that could get a hold of a rare dragon like that? Agreed. Mr. Hagrid. Hagrid? No. No, no, no. Charlie. Charlie. Hagrid when Charlie. Voldemort shows up wearing a hood in the hog's head. The what now? What? Who? What? Charlie. You Charlie. Mean, so you think they're in Romania? I don't know if they're in Romania necessarily, but uh, maybe the dragon could have used like a port key to get wherever they needed the dragon. <laughs> he put his little paw up there on a boot. Or he could have flown. But that would take a you long know, time. Think I'm thinking, you know, that there's somewhere that, um, for whatever reason, it's dangerous to be flying on things like brooms or smaller things, and they need a dragon to be there to protect or them. There were, or there are wards, and, you know, or, or this is how they got out of some huge battle. You know, you don't have to be... What he if, could have just taken them away. What if they were, like, stuck in this cave or, like, you know, with a really high ceiling or something and it's like a chamber and they're stuck and they need to grab onto like a magical creature to lift them out of it and take them back somewhere safe. Could somebody grab a copy of Chamber of Secrets for John? Oh, that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Who else thinks that there might be some sort of underground or somewhere room of Godric Gryffindors in Hogwarts? Some sort of secret similar to what Salazar Slytherin left. Yeah, if the founders all had chambers, like Salazar's chamber, the Chamber of Secrets... Not all chambers, but, you know... ...decided yesterday that Talga Hufflepuff had a little play place with balls like McDonald's <laughs> to hang out in for her reprieve of the day. But Godric could have his own little space and could have a dragon hidden in there, just like the basilisk hanging out in Chamber of Secrets. You don't think? I, I just don't understand what these big monsters down there do all day. <laughs> Especially because we only really heard about... The basilisk running around in Chamber of Secrets making noise and all this stuff. But what about <laughs> all the noise. previous years? You running know? around making noise. What about all, all so the previous years? Well, I always wonder who fed him. I know that there's a lot of rats and animals, whatever, but that's a large animal to exist on sure. the random occasional rat yeah. down there. You know, can he get out of the school? Does he go around Scotland and hiss and. Maybe he can you know? travel to, like, the lake and go to. Hang out with Loch Ness. And, sure. You know, with the <laughs> squid the and they can have poker night. Okay. That'll be fun. I don't know. What do you think, Fred? Let's move on to something else. All right, good idea, Fred. Good idea. What else can we talk about? Wait, did you have something to say? Or? I have an idea to talk about. Ooh. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's how is Gary going to destroy the Warcraft? And I don't know if you guys have talked about it. Have we never? I don't know. I started listening like last fall. Mm. But I've been thinking Okay, just to repeat it for the sake of the recording, this lady wants to us to talk about um, how Harry's going to destroy the Horcruxes. So basically, she wants us to explain the seventh book. Yeah. And oh, it's, it's, it's a cool way she said it, though, is that you have to, you have to kill sure. a Horcrux. Yeah, to kill a Horcrux. To kill a, no, 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 I know. If there's something living inside of it, could he, you know, A.K. the Horcrux. And okay. that's, how, that's how he gets to destroy it. Well, the the other part of her, of her comment was that with the basilisk fang, with the book, he drove it right through it, and it, and it, it 
did it have to be a basilisk fang? I would argue that a basilisk fang was just very poisonous, and you're right, you're right, it was like killing it. It was putting poison into a soul. So can, do you have to murder a horcrux? Mm. Do you, like, how do you kill a soul or a piece of a soul? Ooh. Mm. Sue knows the answer to this. <laughs> you know, I just think it's interesting because, like, say each of the, the like, say they are the, uh, belonging, or pieces of things that belong to the four founders, and so if it's Hufflepuff's cup or an item like that, would you melt it? I mean, you know, maybe that's why the dragon's down by fire. You need the need the breath of a, you know, something like fire like that. Hmm. Because I'm sure Voldemort has some sort of obstacle, like he did with the, in the cave with that ridiculous potion thing of his. You know? Ridiculous potion yes. thing of well, his. You know, no, I mean, you know, so but sometimes the most dangerous part about a Horcrux is not the Horcrux itself; it's the enchantments around right, it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the diary was definitely the Horcrux itself. That little right. piece of riddle infecting yeah. Ginny. That's really sort of gross. You know. <laughs> This little twelve-year-old mm-hmm. has the most evil wizard ever in her, and she survives, and no. she's you know, and she's fine. She rocks. Um, <laughs> See, uh, but the um, the the other Horcrux that we talked about recently was the uh, the ring um, from uh, they from Gaunt and all those people. And all those people. All those Tom people. Riddle's ancestors had that ring yes. with the Peverell crest on it, yeah. and, and it was a black stone. Well, since you're not going to explain it. I don't know. Why do you think I brought it up if I wasn't going to explain it? You're not going to explain what it was. It's a black stone and and Dumbledore. It's a gorgeous ring. It almost killed Dumbledore. And we don't really know why. But I was thinking, is it because of an enchantment on it? Just because it was a horcrux? Or is it because that ring might have been enchanted to only allow a direct descendant of Slytherin to put it on? Which, it doesn't really sound like that really matters. But if we're talking about... You know, how hard will all these Horcruxes be to destroy if there's lots of complicated magic on every one of them or if some of them are different because of their inherent qualities like that ring could have had? It might, you know, lead us to believe Harry is more capable than we would think he would be to to get rid of these things. But um, I guess that's all about the ring. Well, when I say... Okay. Who, Who thinks that it's because he had to be a descendant of Slytherin? That was a... You know, that ring is never specifically said to be a Slytherin ring. I thought it was. No. The Slytherin ancestor wore it, and he claims that it's a great sacred object, but it's never claimed. And there is some history with Peverell. There's some, there's some, there's some research that certain people have done, not us, on it, which anybody knows it? Because I don't remember to save my life. But, so... I just think that it was how how Dumbledore destroyed the Horcrux. I mean, he had to get the Horcrux out of this little ring. Look what it did. It almost killed Harry mm-hmm. with the diary. Um, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't agree with you. Surprise. Well, you know, wonderful. But um, I, it, it just goes back to the argument of why didn't Dumbledore tell Harry what he did to this ring? I mean, I, I, I'm a very anti-Dumbledore lately because I think that he left Harry woefully underprepared for all this whole ordeal and for him to almost be killed by trying to destroy a horcrux and then be like okay Harry I want you to destroy all the horcruxes and then not even bother to tell him what he did that almost got him killed it's like this information has to exist somewhere if we're going to see it in a pensive maybe in seven or what but otherwise it's like he kept saying it was a story for another time and if if Dumbledore like knew that this was his end or felt like this you know it was his end at the end of the book six do you think he really left that Hanging out there, or do you think he left it somewhere for for Harry to find? Because he he's got to find out how he was. A, 
in terms of a pure writing perspective, you don't say, oh, that's a fantastic story and I'll tell you later and never address it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you later, Harry, but I got to die first. Like, you think there's any reason for that? Like, is it because you didn't think Harry was prepared to understand the story? Like, he had to learn more about Riddle first and then he would understand? He seemed really insistent about it. In the chapter where they first go back to um, the place with Merope, the Tom Riddle's family, and she goes back and he meets them. When Harry insists about it, he stops him again and says, no, I will tell you that later. It's time mm-hmm. to, for you to leave, you know? Very bossy. <laughs> yeah, that Dumbledore man thinks he runs a school or something. I mean. But I, I, you know, I was just thinking about that, and I kind of I like the idea that uh, he didn't think Harry was ready to understand what has to be done to destroy the Horcrux. But Harry already destroyed a Horcrux. Well, you know, maybe that particular one, and maybe he didn't even know what he was doing. Maybe he was murdering the book and didn't even realize it. But well, we know it, he didn't realize if it. It's, if it is necessary to murder a Horcrux, and the way that Dumbledore went about it was something more, you know, more obvious of like a, like a, a killing procedure or whatever, then... Then you know maybe maybe he didn't think Harry would be interested or want to do this until he understood more about <laughs> no, what was going I just, on. I'm sorry. If Harry needed to have the impetus. Then that that Dumbledore's death. The reason Joe had it that way is that Harry needs to develop as a character to understand that the power of being able to destroy. And I think that's why she that story is going to involve. I mean, Harry yeah. needs to have that grief of, of Dumbledore's death and him to understand. Well, but Dumbledore, when he's asked about that story, right, he's like, oh, that's a fanta- that's a wonderful story, and I'll tell you another story. Like, almost sort of gleeful about it. If it's like, hey, I get to tell you the story about how you have to murder something. Yes! You know, well, he didn't see... It's not... Dumbledore is very tricky like that. This is... this. It's just pure storytelling. It's probably going just just be necessary for the seventh book, and therefore Dumbledore yeah. had to not tell it yet, you know? Mm. Um but I think it's time that we do a little game oh. that we've been playing yes. on the road. And then we'll get to all of your raised hands, we promise. Uh, we've been playing a little dueling game that was John's, not invention, but it was John's idea that we started doing it in New Orleans. And it's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. John's going to explain the rules. Well, me and Fred are going to explain the rules. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, we're going to call two of you up here, and we're going to pick a category. And you have to name as many things um, of that category from the books as you can. It can be a category of... You know, teachers at Hogwarts. It could be spells. It could be potions. If we're really mean to you, and be armadillos. Really category. Yes. John's Think. all bitter because he had to do potions yesterday, and he got one. I got two potions. Things. No, you got one mm. potion, and the person opposite her, him, which was Lisa from the Lexicon, yeah. got said the same potion. I had two. I had Felix Felicis and I had Drought of the Living no, you Dead didn't. or something. Yes, I did. Check the recording, everybody. You'll see. Oh, Melissa okay. didn't remember. Because you said Felix Felicis, and then she goes, Felix Felicis, and then it was over. You said Drought of the Living Dead with somebody else. She said a potion before Felix Felicis. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, they got the same thing, so he's bitter. I won. I'm not bitter. I won the darn darn thing. (laughs) Um, Anyway, let's pick two of you up here and play the game. Who wants to play? Come on right up and come on right up. What does your shirt say? Dollish, just don't, just don't. You don't want to know about Dollish. It's an awesome shirt. Well, let's let's hear your names. And uh, I guess you're probably from around here, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm Catherine. I'm from Glendale. I'm Alan. I'm from Maricopa. Cool, cool, cool. That's right, Maricopa. This is where we are. Awesome. Um, Okay, the category for you guys is 
Um, magical creatures. Not including non-magical pets. I don't want to hear rats and owl and this nonsense. Magical creatures from the book. Hippogriff. Mm-hmm. Crop. Dragon. Dementor. <laughs> you think you'd be good at it, but... <laughs> no cheating. <laughs> we hear you. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Do you have one? Unicorn. She's like, Unicorn. I'm ready. There we go. She's totally ready. Good work, both of you guys. A round of applause for the effort. Okay, cool. We're going to pick up two more. Are you here? You're here in the blue. And another podcast shirt over here, too. Loving the podcast shirts. Here you go. What's? Oh, you were at Tucson. Hold on. <laughs> she studied yesterday. What's your name? Where are you from? Jordan Maricopa. I'm Megan, and I'm from Glendale. Glendale and Maricopa again. It's like the battle of the county. Oh, my, oh, my. Okay. Um, this category will be chosen by the lovely Sue. Oh. Uh, hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, classes at Hogwarts. I was just going to think that. Classes at Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah, we did a lot of them yesterday. <laughs> oh, we only went through about three rounds yesterday. Okay. Arithmetic. Potions. Um, care of magical creatures. Fence against the dark arts. Transfiguration. Do you have one? Charms. Fred has spoken. Good Fred part. has spoken. Thank you. Go see. Um. All right, we got the great one coming. Uh-oh. The good one. I love the great one. Yeah, you know the one. This, um, the big one? Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. Who's good at this? Who thinks they're good at this? Mm-hmm. Ravenclaw tie lady. The Ravenclaw's up. We Go. met her in Disneyland. Disneyland. We gotta have someone similar age. I would love to pick like a six-year-old, but it gets really sad if the yeah. young ones. It, it's really, you know, we you just want to cry. Have a raised hand there on the green. In the back green, there? are you guys friends and you're gonna battle now? Oh gosh, that's great. Well, she's wearing a podcast shirt, so she's clearly gonna win. <laughs> Hang on, here you go. I'm from Phoenix. Oh, what's your name? Danny. Danny. And Stephanie from Phoenix. Into the mic. Good work. Okay. Well, the big category is is uh, spells. Spells and curses. And a little further from the speaker, if you could. Thanks. And who gets to go first? Slytherin Green goes first. Robotic Endeavor. Expecto Paternum. Lumens. Crucio. Imperius. Make sure you're going right into the mic here. Uh, Accio. Expelliarmus. Uh, Wingardium Leviosa. (laughs) 
Do you have to name the spell? Yeah. Oh. Lumos. Because if the other one doesn't know, then the other person doesn't look so bad. Uh, Yay, prompt rules. Thank you guys. Thank Our you winner can go. Good effort, good effort. Okay, okay, here comes our favorite, favorite part of the show. Woo. This is when, if you have something that you want discussed, an idea, a theory, a butterbeer recipe, anything that you want to talk about, you just raise your hand and it's, it's up to you. So, oh God, back, right back in the back. I just want to know what's going to happen in Godric's Hollow. Any ideas? They're going to have a party. <laughs> Fred, will, Fred will make cookies. Um, we shall most likely return to Godric's Hollow, I would have think. Do. Just to, just to check it out. Going there. So we gotta we got to think that um, the places we found, the one Horcrux at the end of six was somewhere that was very significant in, uh, in Riddle's life. So we think we were going to be visiting other locations that have significance to these people in Godric's Hollow, the place of the guy's downfall. You know, originally. Well, Harry said he's going there, so we've got. I mean, yeah. we've got to, unless unless he comes up with some reason that mm-hmm. that not. Yeah, but, we'll have those twenty four hours explained. I think. I mean, he'll have to explain a lot. What happened? Does who was there when 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 the when the attack took place? I mean, how did Dumbledore mm-hmm. find out? That's the big question to me. Does everybody know about the twenty four hours? No. If there's a missing, if you read very carefully the first chapter of the first book. There's a missing 24 hours. Yes. Apparently, I mean, between the time when Voldemort tried to kill Harry's parents and the time when Dumbledore appears on the Privet Drive, there's 24 hours missing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's celebrating all day. You hear about all the everything that's been going on in that time. We think that you know Sirius might have been you know arrested and all that stuff, but nobody knows where Harry was. Certainly, it didn't take Hagrid that long to to fly to Bristol from Bristol. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the stop so what somewhere happened? on the way. Hmm? Maybe he had the stop somewhere well, on the way. You know, that's like the question. Take a rest. Holiday Inn Express for Super 8s. Don't go to Super 8s. $119 for a smoking yeah. sweet in the middle of the night. So that, I mean, so yeah, Godric's Hollow. But the more we talk about Godric's Hollow, the more we realize how many people had to be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're thinking about who had to tell Dumbledore what happened if Dumbledore himself wasn't there, and we don't think Dumbledore was there. Who had to get Voldemort's wand? Now we think Snape might have been there because there's a whole big theory that, you know... Don't they Accio was wand from anywhere? The Accio had the fireball. Yeah, but if they didn't get the wand, wouldn't, like, a ministry official grab that wand when they were cleaning up the scene? Do you know what I mean? Somebody... He's like, Accio Voldemort's wand. (laughs) Somebody got the wand, okay? So it might have been Pettigrew. Pettigrew, I mean, it just... The more and more you think about it, it's like it was like a party in Godric's Hollow that night. Everybody's circling around the house, not being able to see the potters. Yeah. You know, but but seeing that there's a big battle going on there. So we have to get all that straightened out. Definitely. Okay. Next. For serious. Yellow, all the way Yellow the lady, we know her. This is Allison. She's very nice. <laughs> we like Pottercast junkies. We feed the addiction. I have a theory. I have a theory about this way. About what she had asked about Harry, how Harry is going to defeat the Horcrux. Sure. And I know that you probably won't like this, but I think that Harry is a Horcrux. No. No. Wait, wait, wait. I said you were nice. I know, I know. But wait. In book two, he 
has not yet shared Mr. Blood yes. or the flesh. Um, he, since Voldemort has not yet become solid, mm-hmm. when he becomes solid in four, he is sharing a lot of things that Harry has. Sure. So when the Horcrux, it, it's like reuni- reuniting the servant and the master. The mm-hmm. Horcrux... Who's the servant and the master here? The, the Horcrux can't tell the difference between Harry and Voldemort because Harry's the Horcrux, and that's why the gleam of triumph is in Dumbledore's no. eye because oh. Dumbledore's like, yes, he's got his blood because now he can defeat the Horcrux yeah. by just saying, it's gone. Because... <laughs> right. He lost me, Allison. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, okay. If Harry, Harry and Voldemort share blood, sure. Right? Oh, it, you want to start this one with me again? Right, okay. okay. I, know, I know. I know. But I, okay. So I think that the reason Harry can get it is because Harry and Voldemort have enough properties that the the Horcrux, the other Horcruxes, can't tell the difference between Harry and the new Voldemort. What is the purpose of telling the difference? Because if Voldemort put the spell on it, and the Horcrux knows that he's the person who cast the spell. The Horcrux has like a a consciousness? Well, it's a piece of soul, because. Yeah. Well, like a a thought process, though, the Horcrux does? No, it doesn't, because yes, yes, it it was Tom Riddle in the book, but there were other spells to make that book. It was the other way around. You know. Harry's got Voldemort's blood, maybe, but the Horcrux. Voldemort. See, I'm with the I'm with the Mr. Blood thing that Voldemort didn't have any blood until he took Harry's to resurrect mm-hmm. from the cauldron. So yeah, that Harry doesn't have Voldemort's blood. But he has Voldemort's nobody, soul. The soul it goes to yeah. Nobody has Voldemort's blood. There's no Voldemort's, Voldemort's blood, blood is gone. Okay. Blood yeah, is it's gone. gone. Totally tapped. Okay, here's my thing about that. Here's my thing. If that was making Harry a Horcrux, the, and that was the gleam of triumph, or whatever. Dumbledore would not be so triumphant. I don't think so. I think it would just make Dumbledore really annoyed because now Hor- Harry's a Horcrux. He's probably going to die. He's been a Horcrux since the beginning. Oh, since the beginning. Okay. Well, that's mm-hmm. different. But I'm still confused about the whole thing. You know, it's interesting talking about that whole resurrection process. And uh, a theory I'd forgot for a while that I kind of liked was that the big procedure we saw in the graveyard was, you know, like an accompanying... Uh, ritual to having a horcrux and that that is how you you know if you have a horcrux and you want to come back you need to do this whole cauldron ritual hand chopped off thing in the horcrux handbook well tell you know, you. it's probably in the same place you'd learn how to do a horcrux this is how you actually make use of it oh, but that's the thing i mean somebody would have had to write that and like not necessarily. We can, you hear about it the same way you'd hear about how to make a horcrux. But we never it's not heard any more that. complicated. And we never heard how they put the horcruxes back into you. Where, where, where are you? I'm just, I'm just, you know, figuring out. It's like, well, he built a body if, if for himself. If it's not related, it seems, you know, we got two completely different things. I don't think it's two completely different things. If he's got horcruxes to come back to life, and he's got this huge cauldron potion thingy that come back to life. Here's How are question. they not related to each other? Here's, here's my question with that. Whatever a body was created around in book four, 
was a horcrux. That's a piece of soul. I mean, it, would, it was the central. It was the piece of him that's in him. The other stuff, you know, it was. it's not a horcrux because it's not an object, but it was just a piece of soul, right? So if he did this spell six times, would there be six Voldemorts running around? Uh, like, possible. seriously, you can get a, a piece, that piece of soul out, and then you no. create, you know? And she has said, like, what would have happened in book two? Somebody asked, what would have happened if in book two, uh, Voldemort was allowed to rise out of the book? And she said that would have affected the story in many significant ways or something that I'm, I can't reveal because of, you know, whatever. So, seriously, there could have been more than one Voldemort running around. So what if... <laughs> I'm sorry. Scary what if something happens? Seriously, yeah. what if something happens in 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 uh, what's the book called? Deathly Hallows. Sure. <laughs> that um, creates another Voldemort. Yeah. See, I, I think it's We're probably sorry. Our Voldemort be, is in another horror. That could be possible, but I don't think Voldemort would think, find that worth it because I don't think it's going to happen. He, he, he wouldn't want a bunch of Voldemorts running around. You know, because then like the seven dwarves, you want to you want to see them and use them up. <laughs> you know, see, I, sleepy, grumpy, happy, yeah, murdery. <laughs> Murdery. <laughs> Crucio. It's going to name him after... Anyway, sorry. Sad. <laughs> it's I, hot out there. I, I, I'm of the uh, the Horcruxes equal, like, uh, one-up lives. Like in Mario, you got your little green mushroom um, Horcruxes, and you have to use them up like, like, like your extra lives and things. So I don't think you'd want to use all your extra lives at one time. You'd, you'd want to spread them out all out and stuff. But. but that's a good way to kill a Horcrux. Have it be created as a soul and then blast it, you know? You get the big Mario hammer. No. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, who's next? Oh Our Borders lady has borders a question. Borders lady likes to talk about Harry Potter. Of course they do. She has cool shoes on. Okay. Don't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Is that you? I think it's Sue. Okay. Yesterday, down in Tucson, we didn't really get on the topic of um, two things. Okay. One of them was... Joe mentions in a couple interviews that having Harry has his mom's eyes, and that's really important. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know what you guys thought of that. And that Peter Pettigrew owes Harry a favor. Mm-hmm. A, uh, what is it? A life debt. A life debt. Oh, and big time I wanted to get your opinions on that because mm-hmm. we talked about the Horcruxes a lot yesterday, but we didn't talk about that. Oh, boy. Harry's eyes and the fact that they look like Lily's eyes. Lots of people thought for a while that there was going to be some sort of eye magic. You know, like your <laughs> spells are influenced by the colors of your eyes. And, <laughs> you know, I, as cool as that would be, I think that by book six, somebody would have said, hey, you have those cool green eyes. Have you tried doing that cool spell with your eyes yet? would be like, no, what are you talking about? But I, I'm thinking that after, from all this time, from when I first thought about it till now, what I'm going with is that um, the fact that well, the, um, the reason they keep saying that he has his, his mother's eyes is just to reinforce the, you know, the similarities between Lily and Harry and that Lily was such a compassionate person and somebody who was so, you know, accepting of, you know, everybody and, and you know, somebody who was, you know, just an overall good person. And it's those kind of qualities, that compassion that Harry will have, Harry will be able to use and uh, in his ways to defeat Voldemort is, is with that compassion, with his mother's compassion. It's love. Because they're, 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 similar, they're similar people. It's love. It 
I'm sorry, but like I just identify with exciting. Harry when in book set, when in book six, like Dumbledore says, "Oh yeah, uh, you know he's explaining to him all the things that have protected him," and Harry goes, "Yeah, yeah, I know, I can love, okay, like whatever, no. you know." And Dumbledore's like, "Well, actually, yes, this is exactly why." But my thing with that is that it's basically saying like. She's kept saying, oh, you, your eyes, they're just like your mom's. Your eyes are just like your mom. And then the big secret is that you resemble your mother. Like, that's not secret. like, I mean, but it's just, been, it's just been said too much. There has to be yeah. something, some further twist of the mystery other than, hey, you have some of your mother's qualities. That's not a, that's, I don't that's know if not. it's even a mystery. Why does it have to be a mystery? Because she said that it's very important. You know, no. she, when asked that question, if it was just that, oh, well, Harry's very like, she would have said something like, well, Harry's very like his mother, and you'll see why that's important later. Mm. She just kept saying that it's important. You know what I mean? And so for her, I just feel like that's a too often dropped hint. It's the, it's the thing that's been repeated the most in all the books, right? You have your mother's, mother's eyes, you have your mother's eyes, you have your mother's eyes. Yeah, but I still think that goes back to her ability to be accepting of others, and that's what Harry's going to have to do at the end. I think it's going to be, like you said, it's going to be his ability of compassion and but, his yeah. choices. But again, that's not, because of it. that's not because of his or his mother's eyes. That's just who he is. Well, that yeah, changes nothing. Well, I think also, though, a lot, that's a common how we say, oh, you look like your mom, or you know, it's just kind of like, I think but, it's par- partially just, I mean... But that's the difference between real life and storytelling. Everybody, you know, in real life, if you look like your mom, everybody and your mother says, hey, you look like your mom. In a book, if it's not a plot point, don't repeat it that much. And J.K. Rowling knows that. You know, you know how masterful she is well, at dropping if, hints. What if maybe the color of your eyes represents certain, you know, is like an embodiment of like some kind of other characteristics you have? And if, say, like how much your capacity to love is, the greener your eyes are or something. Because Snape, what color is Snape's eyes? Anybody? Black. Dark. Black. Glittering. Which I would have to imagine would be the polar opposite of something but bright so are Hagrid's. colorful or green. So are Hagrid's. Well, Hagrid's a jerk. <laughs> I don't know. Take that back. <laughs> I'm Please, kidding. No. He's not a jerk. I mean, I don't think it's going to be eye magic, but there's just there's just something that's not like, oh, by the way, you resemble your mother. Big surprise, you know. Yeah. So I don't you don't know. think, though, that that means that, that even though they talk about how his striking resemblance to James, you don't think there's going to be a plot twist in that Harry's not James's son, right? But they don't say that as often. They don't say as often you look so much like your father. It might get it's mentioned only in association for somebody to get to the point where they say. But you have your mother's eyes. You look like your father, but you have your mother's eyes. Mm-hmm. There's even a point when Harry says, I know, I have my mother's eyes. You know? Yeah. Well, Slughorn. Slug. Well, okay. Th- and this is how it came up in book six, is when Harry's mother's eyes reminded, it might be effect on, an effect on another person. Rem- was Harry was able to convince somebody to do something that was hard for him because right. his eyes reminded him of Lily, and Lily was such a great person and right. everything. And that, I mean, I think that's possible. The other theory is that Snape, was in love with Lily, Secret Garden all over again. And, you know, and that when he looks at Harry, that's where the revulsion comes in because he sees her in Harry and he's just so revulsed. And it might... Revulsed by Lily or by... By the memory of Lily and what happened that time. That she, like, really hurt his feelings or something? (laughs) It's a lot more than hurt his feelings. Well, the theory... The theory that I've heard, it's not particularly mine theory or anything, but that Snape made a deal with the Dark Lord that, the Dark Lord, Voldemort, that he would leave Lily and kill James because he hated James right. and, and loved Lily and whatever. And then Voldemort went back on that, reneged, and he, like, when he saw that Lily had died, he realized, you know, what he'd done and, and well, became, what was Snape went for the good deal? side. I, I, he was I the one who brought the information good. to Voldemort. Right. I thought, 
It was Wormtail who betrayed no. the Potters. No. Well, no, 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 no. He brought the information about the prophecy. Wormtail betrayed where they actually were. But what's his name? Um, Snape <laughs> <laughs> yeah. brought the information. And then once Snape heard or knew or whatever that Voldemort knew where the Potters were and were going to get them, you know. But Snape claims that he didn't. Or Dumbledore claims that Snape didn't know that it had to do with the Potters at all. Right. So maybe that's I thought I thought that a very similar theory, but it was Wormtail who was like, you know, oh my gosh, I don't really want to do this, but, you know, I really hate, you know, James right now, but Lily's pretty cool, so, you know, I'll give you this information, but don't, don't touch, like, don't touch Lily. And, you know, they're able to make some kind of wizard agreement even, who knows, but, because, like, you have to willfully give that information a secret keeper. It wasn't something that Voldemort could have just taken from. Right. Well, it had to be pretty Wormtail. significant for Voldemort to even give her a chance to say step aside. I mean, I found that very dramatic, yeah. very significant that he gave her a chance when he's just yeah, you know, yeah, you know. But again, if he'd made a deal with somebody, he was he also was pretty weak on it. It's like yeah. yes, yes, yes. I'll leave Lily for it, and then oh, Lily, step aside. No, okay. Well, maybe <laughs> you know? it's like I'll give her a, I'll give her a chance right. to, to get out of here. I mean, we'll strike a bargain. We'll yeah. play, let's make a deal. Pretty much. But, um, and what, what was the other thing? The other one was a uh, life debt with Wormtail, back to Wormtail again. Is, um, is, uh, Joe says that the only character who is not redeemable by Deathly Hollows was Voldemort. And that leaves us with characters like Wormtail to have one more book to decide what kind of person they're going to end up being for all history here. So for all history, all time. Will Wormtail do something? Whether it's just him coming around or him repaying his wizard debt. Who thinks Wormtail's going to sacrifice himself for Harry? Who thinks he's going to repay the debt in some other way? Yeah, we need like some that. noise because... Oh, yeah. Those were hands. We're back in London again. <laughs> I know, in London. It was so cute. In London, everybody's sort of reserved, and they didn't get that, like, in America, we were sort of loud. And whenever we'd ask them, they'd be like... like you know, they yes. raised their hands slowly. So if you think that Wormtail will sacrifice himself for Harry... Repay the debt in some other way. Wow, you're really excited about that. Do you have a theory? No. Oh, well, come on. Yeah. Who who thinks they know why why how Wormtail will do this? Come on down. Oh, cool. Oh no, here we go. <laughs> I like your shirt. Okay, you know, speak loud because it's my. Okay, I think that um, he'll actually come into the book at the very beginning in uh, Deathly Hollows. And he will be the one who explains the whole R.A.B. thing and lead Harry on his path because he was connected to Sirius and the Dark Lord. Therefore, mm-hmm. he would be in the position the most to, to <laughs> explain, like, R.A.B. and how he would know and where to find the locket farther from there. So he's going to show up and be like, hey, Harry, need some info? No, I think it's going <laughs> to be... I think coat. they're going to cross paths <laughs> in a... Oh, and I'm sorry. Yes. I'm sorry. I think that then they'll show, they'll meet there when he'll, he'll meet Harry when he knows that Harry's there and he'll be in a yeah. rocking <laughs> chair. He'll be in a rocking chair in Hollow and Harry just, finds him. I always thought that he'd be grieving like at the Potter's grave and Harry would stumble upon him. Mm. And kick him. <laughs> Literally no. stumble upon him. Yeah, I'm down with that theory. Yeah. <laughs> if, it, if it includes hurting Pettigrew, yeah, I'm down. I'm not. I'm not too sore on Wormtail. I think that guy was so 
you know, just so frightened out of his mind. He's just a very, very weak person. Plenty of people and are he frightened came, and weak. He came to Voldemort you know, out of fear, not loyalty to his cause or to his person. This guy's just a no. weak, weak person. Got no sympathy. He came he, out of no. fear. The whole no. wizarding world is frightened out of their minds. They don't go to well, Voldemort. That makes them bad people. That's why they're bad people. I think I think you you can make certainly make some bad choices. Yes. And your choices are what make you what who make you are. You who you he are. Can, exactly. He can redeem himself by some other choices. And um, I don't He'll know. find his inner Gryffindor. He'll find no. it. Yeah, well, that's the thing. We hear that he's a Gryffindor, right? Yeah. Yes. We hear, we think, we no, know. She's, she said it. She confirmed yeah, it. Yeah, he's a Gryffindor. I mean, there has to be some reason why, you know, if we're talking about this person, everybody in the whole wizarding world was afraid, yet this guy was the one that would go, go to Voldemort. It doesn't sound like something that would be a Gryffindor to be that one person. So there must be a little more to this story for Mr. Wormtail. Well, yeah. What happened to really Wormtail? Oh, he just... I was done with him. Yeah, way. that's what she'll say. I didn't really want to write by him. Way. By the way. All right, we have time for the best theory ever. Turn into an armadillo. Nobody has the best theory ever. Come on. Okay. Sure, come up. Nice time turner. It's a long chain for a time turner. That's cool. Nice. You could put it around Harry's neck. Nice thing, too. She's a Hufflepuff? Is that a Hogwarts thing or a Hufflepuff thing? Hogwarts, okay. We saw. She also thinks Harry's going to die, so I don't like her anymore. <laughs> um, do you think one of the trio is going to die, and how would it affect the other two? No. Uh, <laughs> if one of them died, they would be very, very sad pandas. They'll have a party. <laughs> the trio shall be the trio forevermore, except when there's multiple more of them from, with all of their children. And, uh, <laughs> no, they're going to No, they're not going to die. She actually, um, J.K. Rowling went to the Naperville, where we're going to be for the release, Naperville in Chicago, in Illinois. Um, there's a great store there called Anderson's. And they um, they asked her back in like 1998 or 1999. She's been there a few times. <sighs> Lucky them. And well, somebody raised their hand and said, will the trio live? And she said, yes. All the way back in 98, 99, yeah. you know, she could have changed her mind by then, but that's a pretty big... It was right before she knew just how big it was going to get and just how important it was not to answer those questions. So we're totally calling her out on it now. Sorry, Joe. Yeah. But, you know, so we hope that she hasn't changed her mind. But Actually, no. well, Ron and Hermione could be the two characters that she decided to kill. Well, then they'll go to heaven married or whatever. <laughs> they'll, you know, as long as they go together, it's fine. That's like when somebody says one of, like, Fred or George will die, like, one of the two. How do you even think that? Actually, what if, what if they're, like, in, like, the final battlefield or something, and they're just kind of, like, you know, hanging out, and they decide, oh, Hermione, I've been meaning to tell you that I loved you this whole time. And Hermione's like, oh, that's so sweet, because, you know, I've, I loved you the whole time, too. And they're like, oh, really? Really? And then, like, you got Malfoy come out of there, and you're like, I'm out of cadaver, and, like, Ron falls dead. That would be crazy. I'm sorry, I have to be away from John right now. No, no, it's not going to oh. spend the rest of the podcast over here. Oh, he's going to be riding on the luggage racks in the car. I don't know. It'd be tragic. It'd be tragic. Well, for you to ride on the luggage racks, it could be pretty funny. No, for poor Ron and Hermione. <laughs> You're not going to die. Ron and Hermione not going to die, right, Sue? Right. I mean, I mean, she even said, "Come on, Anvil Hint, Wham." Anvil, Anvil well, that but that's gonna about that they're going to get together. Well, sure they are. That doesn't mean they're going to just, you know, finally say, oh, here you are. We're finally going to, you know, after seven books, finally let you get together for just like one split second and bam, you're dead. Yes. You know, no you way. You so unexpected, though. No, 
she's not going to do it. Not anymore. You just said it, so therefore, it's gone. She's probably cursing my name because I just blew it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I always do that to her. I feel terrible. <laughs> no, forever. Just like Harry and Ginny are going to have a lot of babies. And then a lot of babies. And then some more babies. What is with you and the babies? I just want them to be happy. Yeah. And in my, you know, family, Italian, whatever... Babies and, and domestic whatever is like equal to happiness. I know a lot of cultures are the same way. So, anyhow, anybody got a last thing they really want to get out there before we say sayonara? Oh, we got one over here. Um, okay, I don't know if this was mentioned before in any other show because I just started listening a couple months ago, but we already know that Dumbledore knew the Defense Against the Dark Arts class was cursed. Mm-hmm. And yet he put Snape in it. Did he want to get rid of Snape? And if so, why not just fire him? Provocative. Ooh. A test. When about did Snape get They couldn't possessed? find anybody, right? They talk in number two about how it's really getting really hard to find them. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, who's, in, who's Umbridge. I mean, come on, Umbridge. And then in four you have um, the fake Mad-Eye. And yeah. Well, I, well I my mean, theory is this, that he needed to put Snape in there because he needed to bring Slughorn back. Slughorn was essential to come back and teach potions, so he had to get Snape out of there somehow because Slughorn had the possession of the memory of for the thing. Well, I, mean, I think that that's why he did it. The curse, the curse wasn't, you know, that you're going to get fired from Hogwarts or you're going to die or anything. No, so you're not going to have the, the spot after that. So he, Snape could go in there. Theoretically, could have went back to potions the following year, and that would have not have been any kind of disruption for anything. Well, um, the other thing is that it might have also been another show to Voldemort that Snape was getting tighter and tighter with Voldemort. Sure. It might have gotten him to the next level. I mean, Snape was with Dumbledore. That, you know, he said, oh, well, look, he didn't used to trust me for the defense against the Dark Arts position, but now he does. Ha ha, I'm in. You know? And that may be what led, you know. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, because it really had to, because there's more and more pressure on Snape to, to, to right. look. Yeah. Especially, you know, as they get. But then the thing is, Snape was the best defense against the Dark Arts teacher they had, except for Remus, you know? Sure. Which sort of sucks, because then he ends up killing the headmaster. <laughs> Mm. Sort of invalidates everything he taught them over the, you know. Yeah. Anyway, bogus. All right, well, guys, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Phoenix is so so hot. If we ever come back, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be winter a... over here. Or... Wait, January. Winter At least below a hundred, it would be my target. It's like forty in January. I'm coming here in January. Seventy. Nice January. Oh, January is nice. Wow. Brooklyn in Brooklyn, it's like negative. 60 or something. Wow. Not that cold, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it feels like it compared to here. Day after tomorrow. And uh, there you go. I think that's Reserve it. your Deathly Hallows and thank you guys so much and hopefully we'll be back one day. Thank you. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great Scott, no wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs>